So I'm pretty sure we would all agree that being a parent is hard. Sometimes despite your best efforts to do everything you can to set your kids up for success, teach them what they need to know, they still do things that leave you scratching your head and saying, what in the world were you thinking? So last week we had a minor issue with our son at school. He's eight years old, he's in third grade. Uh, and they had this incident where the teacher sent like three or four students at a time down to the clinic. They were doing the health screenings, getting their vision checked, their hearing checked and all that stuff. And so Trey comes home from school and I said, hey bud, you know, how was your day? And he says, well, I got in trouble today. All right, well, tell me what happened. So apparently on the way back from the clinic to the classroom, one of the other kids, you know, and this is, you know, the whole, uh, make sure you're, you're cautious about what kind of company you keep, right? And doesn't excuse our son from his role in this either, but just a side note there. Uh, so they're on their way back to the classroom and uh, one of the kids says, hey, let's hide in the stairwell. And then when the next group of kids comes up, we can jump out and scare them. Won't that be fun? And our son, after all, he is my son. He likes a little mischief. He likes to have fun. Um, and he likes to get a rise. I may or may not do this to my wife all the time. I'll hide behind something and kind of scare her uh, as she walks into the room. So he's probably seen it from me uh, more than once or twice. However, he's at school. It's not the right time, not the right place, right? So he goes along with this idea uh, and you know they, they're hiding in the stairwell. Kid comes through the door, you know, and, and they pop out, they try to scare him or whatever. Obviously, it makes a lot of noise, draws the attention of another teacher who comes out and sees them uh, not where they're supposed to be, not doing what they're supposed to be, causing a disruption in the hallway. Uh, so needless to say, there were some consequences for that uh, at school and at home. Uh, and while it was a relatively minor thing, man, did leave me scratching my head saying, what in the world were you thinking? Welcome back to Imperfect Marriage. My name is TJ and you may notice uh, things are a little different in this episode. It's a lot uh, less attractive and I'm sure it'll be a lot less bubbly and energizing uh, because my lovely wife is not with me today. Uh, she's at work and I'm doing this episode by myself because we want to make sure that we can get another uh, episode out as quickly as possible. We don't want to leave you guys with too big of a gap in between. Uh, I've also started real estate school, which leaves us with less time uh, during the week to get some videos filmed. So we're going to go ahead. I'm going to do this one by myself. Uh, bear with me. Uh, and again, uh, I apologize that, uh, that she's not with me, um, but hopefully it'll still be all right. Uh, this channel and this podcast, whatever we're calling it, this exists uh, to, to show you guys and give you guys some hope and encouragement that your marriage was not created to be perfect. God didn't design it that way. God knows that it's made up of two imperfect people, so that's not gonna happen. It's never gonna be perfect, but it can be full of love, joy, purpose, and fun. And that is the whole goal uh, behind this, this podcast and this channel. So bear with us uh, and, and follow along. If you haven't liked or subscribed uh, to our channel, go ahead and do that. You can share it with whoever. And I know that we've also had some issues with the last couple episodes, people who have subscribed and they're not getting notifications when the next video uh, comes out. 
We're learning this as we go too. Apparently hitting the subscribe button is only half of the equation to get it notified. There's a little bell icon next to the subscribe button. You have to make sure that that is clicked as well. Uh, and then you should get notifications every time we post a new video. So if you have any more issues with that, please feel free to leave it in the comments. Please feel free. Uh, you can direct message us on Instagram at imperfect underscore marriage. Um, but we wanna make sure that if you want to view the videos that you are notified each time a new video comes out. So today, the whole reason I started with that story about Trey at school is because it's kind of been a theme that God has been bringing up in my life uh, over the past couple weeks and in this season that we're in. Uh, and anytime God reminds me or draws my attention to uh, the same story in the Bible or the same concept uh, in scripture, uh, man, it kind of piques my, my uh, interest and it says, hey, you better be paying attention because God's trying to tell you something. And so the resolution of that, uh, you know, the, the discussion that we had with Trey as we sat down with him, as I sat, sat him down on the couch and talked to him father to son was, you know the biggest problem with that, Trey? It wasn't that you were trying to scare people. It wasn't that you were being silly. Um, the whole thing wouldn't have happened if you were where you were supposed to be. And where you were supposed to be was not hiding in the stairwell, was not dilly-dallying and delaying where you were supposed to be was back in class. You were supposed to go straight to the clinic, get what you were supposed to get done, and go straight back to class. If you had been where you were supposed to be, that wouldn't have happened, you wouldn't have gotten in trouble, and now these consequences that you're facing wouldn't have been an issue. Uh, and I did, I told him this story uh, that I'm about to, uh, to share with you guys. Um, and coincidentally, Two days after I told Trey this story, it has just so happened to be in the reading plan that I was doing. And I was like, okay, God, you got my attention loud and clear. Maybe this wasn't just about Trey. Maybe this is something that I need to pay attention to as well. So one of my favorite characters, maybe my favorite character in the Bible outside of Jesus himself uh, is King David. Uh, as a kid, the story of David and Goliath, the little shepherd boy, who's got the boldness and courage to go toe to toe with Goliath, the mighty uh, Philistine warrior. Uh, and David slays him with just a sling and a stone, cuts his head off at the end and wins the battle for the whole nation of Israel. Man, that story was awesome. Uh, and as I got older and I read more about David's life, man, there's a lot to relate to there. Um, and I love David because he gives me hope, right? Like the Bible uh, talks about all the great things. I mean, David was the greatest king in the history of Israel, right? David, David's bloodline was, was who God chose to bring Christ into the world through David's bloodline, right? So David was an awesome guy. And the thing that I love, the, uh, the adjective and the description that I love most about David and that I aspire most to is that the Bible calls David a man after God's own heart. And at the end of my life, if people could say one thing about me, uh, I would want them to say, man, he was a man after God's own heart. He wasn't perfect, but he was a man after God's own heart. He did the things God wanted him to do. He loved Jesus uh, and he loved other people the way that God does. He treated his wife the way that God wanted him to. He raised his kids to love God. So if I could be nothing more than a man after God's own heart, then I would count that as a successful uh, stay on earth. And uh, so that's why I love King David. But one of the other reasons I love him is because as you read through his writings in the book of Psalms, you realize, man, this guy was messed up. Like one second he's on top of the mountain praising God and saying how great he is and everything. And then the next second he's complaining, God, where are you? Why have you left me? Why have you abandoned me? And, and David's on this, this roller coaster of emotions. And I know I can uh, relate to that. And so I love King David um, and I love the Bible because it doesn't just tell the, the victories and the, you know, the highlights 
of Bible characters' lives, it tells you the nitty-gritty details of their failures as well. Uh, and that's how I think, you know, it's one of the ways that we know that we can trust what the Bible says um, because it tells the whole truth. Uh, so the story that I wanted to uh, just briefly touch on today and on this concept of being where you're supposed to be prevents a lot of harm and a lot of consequence and a lot of fallout. Uh, in 2 Samuel chapter 11, uh, there's a story of David and Bathsheba. And if you've ever been around church, you've probably heard the story before. I'll give you a quick version of it. Uh, so David, uh, he's out one day on his roof. He sees this girl bathing. He says, man, she's pretty awesome. She's looking good. Uh, and he calls her to the palace. Long story short, uh, she's married. So is David uh, to multiple women, actually. Um, which is not something the Bible encourages or promotes. It just states the fact that David had more than one wife, right? But Bathsheba is married to one of David's soldiers named Uriah. And long story short, David calls her to the palace. And because he's the king and because he can pretty much do whatever he wants, David sleeps with her. She ends up getting pregnant. David and Bathsheba are the only ones that know about this whole little inter interaction, right? And uh, she's not going to say anything because, you know, she could be punished, you know, by death. Right? So she's not going to say anything about it. She's going to keep it hush-hush. So David calls Uriah back from the battlefield, tries to convince him to go sleep with his own wife so that then they can kind of play the pregnancy off. He can play the pregnancy off. Oh, that's Uriah's kid, not mine, right? Um, but Uriah is such a noble soldier that he says, man, the rest of the guys, the rest of these soldiers in your army are out fighting. I'm not going to go home and, and you know have a good time with my wife while my brothers are out there sacrificing and, and risking their lives to defend the kingdom of God, right? So Uriah sleeps, you know, at, at the palace door, or the you know, front of the palace, and he refuses to go back. And so David's like, man, that plan's not going to work. So he calls the general of his army and he says, hey, I'm sending Uriah back. I need you to put him on the front. Of, uh, on the front lines where the battle is the fiercest, um, make sure he gets killed. So this goes from David just lusting after Bathsheba in his own heart to David committing adultery to David then trying to be deceitful and cover up his sin to ultimately he's committing murder of, of an innocent soldier in his own army um, to cover up his sin. And that whole story begins with this. This line, which is so convicting and I think is so telling of how this whole thing could have been avoided. Uh, and again, David's not some scumbag loser. David's a man after God's own heart. Um, but this just shows that any of us are susceptible and, and uh, open to moments of weakness uh, if we don't do the things and put the right um, you know, guards in place to keep ourselves from going too far. So in 2 Samuel chapter 11, in verse 1, it says this, In the spring, at the time when kings go off to war, David sent Joab out with the king's men and the whole Israelite army. They destroyed the Ammonites and they besieged Rabbah and David remained in Jerusalem. Let me read that first line one more time. In the spring at the time when kings go off to war, David sent and he stayed in Jerusalem. David was the king and it was in this time of the year when it was tradition for the king to go off to war with his army, with his men, and fight and do whatever they needed to do to uh, ensure the security of their kingdom. David should have been off at war, and he wasn't where he was supposed to be. David stayed home. David was lounging around the palace, eating good food, probably getting fat, laying around on the sofa, and he wasn't where he was supposed to be. So he wanders out onto the roof, 
and notices Bathsheba. And then from there, we get all this other stuff that happened and all the fallout that resulted in it. And there's a whole lot of consequences that follow David and his family throughout the rest of his lifetime and beyond because of this one act, because of this sin with Bathsheba, right? Um, and so that's why I told you the story about Trey, um, because it was just a good practical example of like, man, if you were where you're supposed to be, this wouldn't have happened. But how does that relate to our marriage, right? How does that relate to having a godly marriage, albeit an imperfect marriage, but a marriage that is full of love, joy, purpose, and fun? And how do we protect our marriage? I know for me in the season that I'm in right now, where I have a lot of uh, time where I'm home by myself, where there's no accountability around, right? Um, you know, when you have a job and you gotta go to the office every day, um, it, it, it's easy, you know, I, I'm, I'm there, there's other people there, there's people watching me, I'm, you know, there's kind of some built-in accountability. Um, but man, the more time you have by yourself, the more time you have alone, the more you start to realize, man, like, I could be doing anything right now and nobody would know. Uh, and so in my situation right now and in all of our lives, we've all got those times and those, those moments and those opportunities where I could do something and nobody would find out about it, at least not right away. Right, so how do we make sure uh, that we don't fall uh, in a way that's going to destroy our marriage? Because the enemy would love nothing more, right? There is a real force at work against our marriages that would love to destroy our marriage, that would love to destroy our family, leave our children uh, as products of a broken home, leave our, our spouse you know, heartbroken. Um, and so how do we do that? And I think one of the biggest things is be where you're supposed to be. Be where you're supposed to be. Um, and that doesn't just mean physically, but it could, right? So I think we gotta ask ourselves some questions. Um, every day when I go to work, am I where I'm supposed to be? Like, whose office am I going to? Am I spending time in somebody's office of the opposite sex that maybe I shouldn't be there, right? Am I riding in the car alone with, an opposite, with a member of the opposite sex? Uh, am I, you know, and then and not even just physically, right? Like we can go on social media, like whose social media page am I spending time on? What text thread am I spending time in? Who am I sharing my emotions and my feelings with? Like, am I where I'm supposed to be? And then you can go, you know, even when it comes to being online, like, are you on the websites that you're supposed to be on as a married man or as a married woman? Um, who's trying to seek God's will and, and live a life of, of purpose uh, and calling for God, like, are you on the, the websites that you're supposed to be on? Um, because here's what I know. I don't think that most people get married, um, or even if they're in a marriage that's less than, the, you know, less than ideal or less than they, they thought it would be, most people don't wake up one day and say, I want to just destroy my marriage today. I want to destroy my family. Um, but when we have expectations that go unmet, when we have needs that we feel like are going unmet, it becomes really easy to just, you know, wander a little bit. We can wander with our eyes, we can wander with our feet, we can wander with our words. Um, it can be something as simple as, man, you know, I, I walk into the office or the cubicle of a female uh, co-worker and just vent a little bit about my spouse, right? Seems harmless at first. or. I, I click on a website that, it, you know, it's not explicitly a pornographic website, but it's a website where, hmm, she looks a little good, right? And I take a second look, right? And then, you know, before you know it, you're on a different website or you're, you know, one thing leads to another. That's the bottom line is when it comes to sin, one thing leads to another much faster 
than we realize, and it becomes much harder than we think to get out of it once that, you know, we've started down that slippery slope. So I just want to encourage you, be aware of where you are. Ask yourself, am I supposed to be here? Is this where I should be right now? Is this who I should be talking to right now? Is this okay? Um, and you have to be honest with yourself because at the end of the day, you can set up all the accountability systems in your life and you can have people checking on you and you could put software on your computer that monitors what websites you visit and all that. Um, but at the end of the day, we can get around all that. And if we're not willing to be honest with ourselves or even with those people who God puts in our lives to hold us accountable, none of that is any good. So you have to look yourself in the mirror and be honest. Am I doing the things that I'm supposed to be doing? Am I, am I going to places where I shouldn't be? Um, and if that's the case, then you need to stop, right? That's the first thing you need to do is stop. Uh, you probably also need to confess that to somebody. I mean, the Bible talks about in, in James where, you know, when we confess our sins to other people, that's where we find healing, when we get them out in the open. And there might be some consequences of it. The Bible never promises us that there won't be consequences of our sin, but it does promise that we can be healed and that we can be forgiven if we're willing to confess uh, to God and, and to confess to other people who we know we can trust who have our best interests at heart. So, um, you know, just like with Trey, right? If he had been where he was supposed to be, and I know that's a trivial example compared to the, the heaviness of, you know, potential affairs and adultery and, you know, porn and all that stuff. Um, but if he had been where he was supposed to be, my little guy wouldn't have gotten in trouble, right? And I think with so many marriages that end because of affairs, because of you know addictions to pornography and things like that, if you had just been where you were supposed to be, you wouldn't have given sin that opportunity to take hold. And that's all it needs is a little opportunity. And so we're not talking about eliminating all the fun out of your life. I'm not trying to tell you that you, know, you, you can't um, have a good time, whatever. But, but God gave you a spouse to have a good time with, right? And, and I don't even just mean sexually. Um, but God gave you a spouse to be there too, to vent to. Even if you got to vent about them to them, um, don't air your dirty laundry with somebody else. Don't complain about your spouse to somebody else. Um, be where you're supposed to be. Do the things you're supposed to do. Uh, and don't give sin an opportunity because a little bit, sin will take a little bit and it will, you know, it'll run with it. Uh, and before you know it, you're, you know, you're in the middle of a, of a storm that you can't get yourself out of anymore. So if you find yourself in that season now, like I said, the quickest thing you can do is just stop, you know, put an end to it right now. Stop texting that girl. Stop being on that social media uh, page or, or that website. Uh, stop going into her office to complain. Don't be alone with somebody of the opposite sex. Um, it, it, there's just too many things that can happen, none of which are good, none of which are beneficial to your marriage, uh, and none of which will lead uh, to more fun, you know, love, joy, purpose, and fun in your own marriage. Um, and I can promise you this, uh, from the people that we've watched uh, around us who we love dearly, the grass is never greener on the other side. Um, and so your marriage is worth fighting for, uh, and avoiding things that could cause your marriage harm one of the biggest things is just to not be where you are not supposed to be. So I know I've probably been a little bit redundant. I probably rambled on a little bit. Uh, hopefully you can get something out of this, but that was just something that God put on my heart and I wanted to share that with you guys today uh, and just let you know that we love you. Uh, we're praying for your marriages. Uh, Jen and I sit down every night uh, together and even with our kids and we pray for the marriages of the people that are, are interacting with this channel. And if there's something specific that you need, you can always feel free 
uh, to direct message us on Instagram. We'd love to chat with you. If, uh, if we're even closer than that and you have our phone numbers, please text us, email us, whatever you need to do. Uh, we want to join you in prayer. Uh, we want to be there to help you uh, find hope and encouragement for your marriage. Uh, and if there's a topic that you'd like us to discuss in the future, you can always leave that in the comments. You can leave that on our uh, Instagram uh, direct message as well. Uh, please don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And again, if you've been subscribing but you didn't click the little bell icon, you're probably not getting notifications when we have a new video come out. So be sure you do that as well. We love you guys and we are so thankful for all the love and support that you guys have given us just through watching our channel and, and sharing it with other people. Um, it's been awesome and uh, we really appreciate you guys. God bless. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and that God uses it to bless you and give you hope for a marriage full of love, joy, purpose, and fun. If you have any questions or prayer requests, or if there's a topic you'd like us to do a future episode on, please email us at imperfectmarriage23 at gmail.com. That's imperfectmarriage and the numbers 23 at gmail.com. Or you can direct message us on Instagram at imperfect underscore marriage. God bless your marriage and family, and we'll see you next time on Imperfect Marriage.